All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wandering Bear Sports Podcast, the number one podcast in the world. Maybe not the world, but we're certainly working our way up to it. Hope everyone's well. Good to be back. Great to see you all. You all look fantastic. Uh, So let's just get straight into it. Enough small talk. This episode is brought to you by the people that run, own, manage Caffeine Gum Australia. If you want to feel good all the time, chew caffeine gum. It's being used by professional athletes all over Australia, by people who work in transport. It's designed for the US military. It's batch tested, comes in three amazing flavors, and it's pretty cost effective. So check it out, www.caffeinegumaustralia.com. Everything that's bought there supports me, so I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, check it out. Okay, today's podcast is a very good one. I really enjoy talking to River. I always enjoy talking to fellow coaches in the Shoot Shield. Um, they're a bunch of hardworking people who are doing more than just coaching rugby. They're building communities, supporting development of young humans, providing opportunities, providing housing, teaching people about life. Whether they think it or not, it's a very challenging challenging job being the head coach of a Shoot Shield team or I reckon any community sporting team if I'm honest and Rivo or Michael Reuven I hope I said your last name right Rivo is has been doing a fantastic job for the Warringah Rats I don't know why I'm stuttering today but fantastic job with the Warringah Rats he's an excellent coach I've just gone through a few of the coaching courses with him and I always enjoy every opportunity I get when I hear him speak And uh, this was an amazing conversation, which I enjoyed very much, and I hope you do as well. So without further ado, please enjoy this wide-ranging conversation with Michael Reuben. Well, my life. Reuben, thanks for doing this, mate. It's uh, an honor to have you on. Good to see you on the weekend, mate. How how did you pull up after Saturday? I... I made the the comment to Bubba that it was it was very nice of us to put you guys in the shade and us directly in the sun all day. I, I ended up thinking lose about four kilos after the day. How about you, mate? How'd you pull up? How'd you find it? First hit out for the year. Um, yeah, well, first and foremost, thanks for having me, Chubby. Uh, now you've been doing been doing really good things around your podcast. So, um, mate, glad to uh, glad to be a part of it. Um, Mate, Saturday was awesome. Um, you know, hats off to to Hunter. Um, I'm a I'm a big advocate for for country footy, having having lived up in Scone for six years. So um, for you guys to to take some trial games and um, and and some junior coaching clinics out to out to the bush is a is a great initiative. So um, you know, for us to to be able to come up and just be a part of the day was um, was unreal. Um, Mate, good to um, good to get back up, sort of close to close to Scone at Singleton. Um, definitely, um, definitely wasn't rugby weather. Um, she was she was nice and warm, but stinky, wasn't it? Mate, yeah, she was warm. Um, our boys were certainly um, were certainly cooked afterwards, but um, mate, a, a pretty good day for us, to be honest. Um, we we definitely had some challenges going into it, just around um, some availability at the moment, but um, yeah, really pleased with. Um, what we're able to produce on the field and um, lots of lots of positives, lots of sort of steps in the right direction around a few different things where we're trying to do this year. Um, obviously with 
you know, a few new coaching uh, coaching staff on board. That was always going to be the case. Um, but yeah, a, a really good day. Um, Singleton Rugby Club put on a put on a pretty good show, and uh, mate, I definitely definitely sent Pardo a Ringer jersey for uh, for putting us over on the shade, mate. Yeah, it's it's funny. I think my my mum and my wife came with me, and we're all country people originally. I'm from Coffs Harbour. Kate's from Foster. And there's just something about country rugby clubs, mate, particularly a place like Singleton. So it's, it's kind of the heart and soul of, you know, rugby and the area in general, I found. And I really enjoyed the day as well, apart from the results at the end. But look, <laughs> as you say, there's a lot to get out of it. Mate, the whole point of this podcast is it's basically a coach education tool for young coaches and old coaches as well. So a lot of um, older coaches listen too. Could you give us a brief rundown of, of your playing history and then how you how you began the journey to get to the Warringah head coaching position? Yeah, sweet. Um, my my playing, I suppose my playing career was um, mate, she's reasonably uh, reasonably humble, but um, mate, born and bred in Northern Beaches, so um, grew up as a as a Warringah junior. Um, started started there as a ten year old and. Um, you know, just sort of played through all those those state championship years. Um, went away to boarding school for a couple of years, but always um, always intended on coming back to Warringah um, to play Colts, which I which I did in '99. Uh, left, uh, yeah, was my first year of Colts. So I had a year of Colts at um, Warringah, uh, and then jumped straight up into grade. Um, so yeah, jumped up into grade early um, was definitely a um, was definitely a bit of a a bit of a wake up call for me. But had um, had two years playing grade here at Warringah. Um, then I actually I, I jumped across and had um, a year and a half at at Ramwick, um, which was which was a great experience. Um, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed my time um, over there. Uh, the second year I was there, I got an opportunity to go over to New Zealand um, and just play some, well, what was then the MPC. Um, so I went down to Southland, um, spent some time there and then um, came back to Australia and, and sort of finished off all my footy at um, back at Warringah. So, um, mate, yeah, Warringah's been a, a, a massive part of um my life and and in particular my my sort of rugby life um i finished up playing sort of playing grade footy um end of 2010 um my wife and i at that point decided for for no significant reason but to to move out of sydney we went um we went and moved up to scone for for six years um Thankfully, I, I, I decided to keep playing footy when I um, when I went up there. I had a mate from school who was um, who was coaching up there, and um, the best decision I made for for not only myself but just for my family in terms of settling into to country life. So, um, mate, had a really enjoyable six years playing country footy up there. Um, made some made some great mates. Um, I'd, I'd always wanted to go and play country footy, um, and and that's a that's a genuine statement. It's not it's not just because I moved to Scone, but I'd I'd always had a a desire to go and play a bit of bush footy. Um, so yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. And and to be honest, we're we're probably some of the most enjoyable years I had I had playing footy. Just um, so refreshing to go back to to guys who who just genuinely 
loved going to training, loved going out and playing footy. Um, there was a real culture around country footy on, um, particularly on game day for, um, you know, home, the home uh, team. You know, bus trips and... Yeah, yeah, there was... There was lots of bus trips, but the, the home team plays a huge amount of significance on hosting the away team. And yeah. um, no, it was just a just a really cool experience. So, um, yeah, I had six years up in Scone and then um, we moved back to Sydney um, in the middle of 2017. And um, obviously DC was head coach at Warringah. And um, I, I did have a, a, a sort of a connection to Darren through just through rugby circles and um, yeah, the back end of 2017, DC sort of um, reached out to see if I'd be interested in in getting involved um, back at the club in terms of um, in in terms of coaching, and um, I hadn't really given it a hell of a lot of thought before um, before DC had approached me, but um, I, I was really keen to to do it. Not only you know back at back at my home club, but um, you know to go and dip my toe into into a bit of coaching and see. A whether I liked it, B whether I was any good at it. Um, so it was, yeah, it, it was pretty exciting. So um, yeah, 20, 2018 was my first uh, my first year in terms of coaching. Um, jumped in with Darren and and Ben McCormack was um, was sort of Darren's um, assistant coach at that point. Um, so I jumped in with both those guys just in a in a skills sort of backs capacity and um, yeah, I've just sort of. I've, I've continued on from there. So um, had a had a really enjoyable with that, a year with those two guys in 2018. Um, DC obviously moved on, or DC and Benny moved on after 2018. Um, Mark Gerard was head coach uh, 2019. So uh, I sort of took on a, a little bit more of a role um, with Mark in 2019, and then um, yeah, got the opportunity in, in 2020 to. Um, to step into to that head coach space and um, yeah, just been chipping away ever since. I've a few things to dive into there. How, yep. how what was it like working for Darren? He's obviously gone on to have a lot of success coaching the Waratahs now. Turned them around. What was it like cutting your teeth under a guy like him? Yeah, Darren. Um, well, first of all, I, I and, and I've said it a few times to a lot of people. I'm I'm incredibly grateful. Um, to what uh, for Darren giving me, you know, the opportunity to to get involved in in coaching. Um, working with Darren was a real eye opener. Um, my first um, real introduction to to, to detail. Um, Darren's meticulous around around detail, and um, that certainly opened my eyes up to um, just to a, a completely different. Um, way of looking at at footy and unpacking footy, um, so really enjoyed that aspect. I'm quite a I'm quite a structured, detailed person myself, so um, I, I quite enjoyed that. Um, you know, and 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 then there's Darren, the the, the character. Um, you know, a, a, a really down to earth, um, you know, country boy himself, and um, you know, very close to his his roots, and um, you know, the one. The one thing that I love about Darren is what you see is what you get. Um, you know, he 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 doesn't change. Um, you know, it doesn't change for anyone. And um, you know, he's he, he's an incredibly uh, empathetic person too, Darren. So um, yeah, it was 
was an awesome experience. Um, you know, I, I also thoroughly enjoyed um, getting to know Benny McCormack in in that year and and working with Ben as well, who's another. He's a good um, coach as well. Very good yeah, coach. Another another really really good coach. Um, you know, again, obviously a little bit different to to Darren and the way the way DC did things, but um, yeah, it was it, it was a great uh, it was a great experience coming in really raw and and having two sort of contrasting guys, but two equally uh, equally good guys to to um, yeah to learn off and just to chat footy with. Would he would he give you things to do and then sort of help you improve? Like, how was his teaching style with you? Because obviously you're new to coaching, got a long history in rugby, but but as you know, coaching is very different to playing. Was he was he did he do anything to kind of help you progress informally, or was it a matter of you go and make your mistakes and, and learn along the way like was there a process there no i yeah i, I definitely think there was a process I, I and i i i fully understand why probably he he went that way like i was i was coming in really raw and um you know there's darren definitely took a punt getting me involved but um i i guess the process around it was that, that there was just a lot of open communication so um you know I, i'd sit down with dc you know, pre-training most sessions and, you know, he'd, he'd walk through what he wanted out of the session, um, how he wanted me to facilitate my little blocks. And, um, you know, I just think as the, as the year sort of grew, um, grew on, he, he started to maybe get a little bit more confident in what I was doing. And um, yeah, he, he certainly sort of let the reins off a little bit towards, towards the back end, but but yeah, I suppose early on the process was just sort of open communication and um, yeah, just just chatting through, um, you know, how he wanted things facilitated and and then um, just giving me the opportunity to go out and do that and um, yeah, as as the confidence for him grew, you know, the reins loosened a little bit. Was that the year that you guys won it? No, so they'd won 2017. Um, we we got to the grand final 2018. Um, so it was another another really successful year, but well beaten by um, by. Sydney. That was the uni that uni team at the end. What was it like making the transition from assistant coach to the head coach? Obviously, you're at a club that you grew up at, that you have a long history at, and I imagine a lot of fondness for. Was there anything that surprised you in the step up? Did you feel ready for it at the time? How how was that for you? Um, it's 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 interesting. Like, and and other people have asked me, like, were you ready to be a head coach? I don't know whether I was ready, but I was really keen to do it. Um, so you know, I I, I suppose that suggests that I was I was ready to do it. Um, the biggest the biggest thing from going from being an assistant coach to a head coach, I think at this level is, is just the amount of work or the amount of extra work you do off the footy field. Um, you, you've got to wear so many different hats as a, as a shoot shield coach. And um, there's just so many, so many external challenges that, that quite often you don't have a huge amount of control over. Um, so that, that was probably the the biggest thing in terms of my transition, but um I, I was never I was never really daunted around the footy aspect of it. I was 
I was more really excited around the, the footy aspect and, and running a program. Um, yeah. It was just that, that transition into how much more goes into being a, a head coach of a shoot shield club. Like I'm sure it does at a professional level as well. But um, yeah, it was just, just all the little things that, that went with it. Helping people find housing, helping them find jobs. Yep. Yep. There's got yeah, you a there's job. Just, um, got you a job. I don't want to do that job. You know? Yeah. Yeah. There's um, <laughs> there's all those things, all those things. But um, you know, I, I sort of embrace that a bit. I um I yeah, it's it's sort of part of why I why I got into coaching in the first place. I I, I really enjoy um, helping people, and I had I had a real desire um, to want to help people. So. Um, you know, for me, it's just another little, um, yeah, it's just another little addition to, to to that sort of theme, I guess. We've just done the same coaching courses. One of the things that they talk about all the time is coaching philosophy. You've got to work out your coaching philosophy. Have you sat down and done that? If so, do you mind sharing it? And do you think it's important? Um, yeah, an- another another good question and something people, people toss up all the time. Um, have I have I developed a co- coaching philosophy? No, um, I don't, and and I I don't know how this is going to sort of sound, but I, I don't know that I I truly understand what a coaching philosophy should look like. Um, I'm I the sort same of, as, I'm the same as you, just quietly. <laughs> I um and and I also think you know I'm I'm into year six of coaching. I, I think I'd be pretty naive to think that I've nailed down a coaching philosophy that I think is going to carry me through for the rest of my coaching journey, whatever that looks like. Um, I, I lean more on, um, I've, I've got a strong set of values that, that are important to me. Um, and I, I more lean on, on those in terms of, um, of, of what's really, what's really important for me. Um, like coaching philosophy, coaching style. Like I've definitely got a view, my view on on how how I like to play the game and and how I how I'd like teams that I'm involved with um, to play the game. But um, you know, you, you've just got to be able to a- adapt as well because you know, there's, again, there's so many factors that can influence how you want to play the game. Um, you know, ha- have you got the athletic profile to play the style of footy you want? If not, we'll is is my coaching philosophy going to work for that yeah. particular group? Um, so, you know, there's there's obviously that ability to be able to adapt and and constantly evolve around that. So, um, yeah, I guess I guess to answer your question, no, I I, I don't have a I haven't formed a, a really firm coaching philosophy. Um, I've I've got a set of values that I try and stay really true to, um, and and then I'm. I'm just trying to keep challenging myself to learn um, just different aspects of the game, and um, you know, hopefully one day I, I I find the 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 miracle formula that that just works wherever I am. And um, but yeah, I'm um, you know I, I I guess that's that's my answer around philosophy. It, it's a I think it's a good answer because I, I've heard a lot of people talk about philosophies. And really what they're talking about is a way to treat people. And I think if you have strong values and you run through how you communicate with your team, your staff, how you drop players, how you deal with the community, 
through that filter of does this stand up to my values, it's probably a good way of thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. I, f- I find it easier to unpack in my own mind. Um, like f- philosophy, to be honest, philosophy is a scary word for me. Like genuinely, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I, I just, yeah, I, I just find it easier to, um, yeah, just to unpack in my own mind um, my my strong set of values and and just staying as as true as I possibly can be to to them. What and, keeps you going through the tough days? So sorry for cutting you off, mate. No, 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 you're up. Yeah. Uh, what keeps you going through the tough days? Why do you coach? What what is it that keeps you going? Why do you do it? Uh, I suppose. Why do I coach first? Um, obviously, like all of us, um, I'm a I'm I'm a rugby tragic, passionate about the game. Um, you know, started playing it as a as a four year old, and um, you know, rugby's been the one constant in my life. So, um, I, I love the game first and foremost. So, um, you know, to be involved in it now in the capacity I am is is unreal. Um, I, I probably answered a little bit before. Um, w- one of the main one of the main motivators for me to get involved in in coaching was just a desire to to want to help people. Um, and you know, it, it was funny. I was I was tossing up a few different things um, around the time that we moved back from Scone, which sort of coincided with the opportunity to start coaching. Like I was I was thinking about, which was completely left field, maybe going into social work or something like that, but. Um, this sort of this sort of coaching opportunity ticked a couple of boxes it was it was you know it maintained a connection into the sport i loved and and also was an avenue for me to for me to go and help people um so that's sort of the main motivator for me and 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 my why why do i coach well i I get the opportunity to help people and and hopefully have a really positive influence um what keeps me going um I, I, I guess it's I guess it's just leaning back on to to why I'm doing it. Um, I, I definitely I definitely have a really strong support network in terms of my family who um, who who sort of motivate me to 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 keep me um, keep me going through through the tough days and and you know you, as you would well know you you definitely have them as um, you know as a as a coach and. Um, so yeah, I, I, I constantly just try and refer back to, to why I'm doing what I'm doing and, um, and, and just lean on, on my family support. And that um, that generally, um, generally sort of turns a tough day back into a, into a good day pretty quickly. It's, um, that was a great quote from one of your assistant coaches who I won't name. And I know he listens to this. He goes, there isn't a single assistant coach in the shoot shield that's doing their day job properly. I'm like that's so true because if you're doing coaching properly, it's very hard to do your other things properly. Mate, a hundred percent. And um, I, I have a huge amount of respect for my assistant coaches having sort of lived that full time work um, and an assistant coach space. It's um, it's bloody challenging. So Mate, um, you've got some cracking guys there. Let can we talk about them a little bit? Maybe give them a little bit of a plug as sure. an as an assistant as a head coach. Sorry. How, how do you manage your staff? Do you, you give them certain areas of the game and they've got autonomy? Like how, how does that work for you? Or you'll say, I want to work on this this week and just let them go at it. What's what's your process with working with uh, and managing your staff? Yeah, so um, 100%. I've got, got a great group at the moment. Um, and and it, it was important. It was important for me to surround myself with 
um, like-minded aspirational coaches um, and and I I genuinely think I've I've done a reasonably good job with that over the last couple of years um, you know Camp Trelaw's obviously now kicked on to to be a head coach at West Harbour which is um, which is awesome um, so so this year saw a little bit of transition coaching wise um, I, I suppose with um, with who I've who I've maintained from previous years um, Nick Pivot Giblet, who um, who's who's an awesome awesome guy from uh, from Melbourne, who um, yeah, just super aspirational, super passionate about um, about coaching, about defence. Um, so so Piv's um, Piv's into year three now, um, up here with me, um, looking after all of our defence. Um, obviously, Tree moving on was an opportunity to to bring someone fresh into that forward space and. Um, been super lucky to have uh, to have Scott Barty uh, join us this year, and um, you know another great an- another great connection for for Warringah, um, which they've done quite well historically in terms of um, you know incorporating past players into into coaching positions. So um, pretty, pretty handy pickup there, mate. Yeah, really, um, really pleased to have Fards on board. So. You know, a great a great Warringah man, a Warringah junior. Um, obviously, played a lot of senior footy here before he obviously kicked on to to bigger and better things. But um, you know, Fard's back in Australia, um, living in Newcastle, but um, back in uh, back in Australia uh, was obviously keen to to continue on from his his sort of brief coaching stint in Japan. Um, so yeah, Fards has um, Fards has come on board and and looking after our forwards and breakdown this year. Um, so uh, and I'll I'll sort of come back to Fards, but um, and and then Sammy Lane, um, who's obviously from from just down the road in in Manly Territory. But um, yeah, I got a I, I got an introduction to Laney. Well, Laney actually reached out um, at the beginning of the year and was just sort of wondering what opportunities sort of may pop up. And, um, you know, I'd always had a huge amount of respect for Laney as a footballer um, and, and obviously um, comes from, from, from reasonably good stocks when you talk, when you talk coaching with his, uh, with his old man. So um, yeah, when, when caught up with Laney and um, I, I was really confident from the first sort of time I'd sat down with him that, that he was, um, he was going to be a really good fit and a really, uh, a really, good breath of fresh air for um for us in terms of a, a, a back's perspective um i'd sort of been been looking after that space for five years so um I, I think it was really timely to have someone someone new in that space um so yeah laney's been um laney's been a great addition and then um just sort of rounding out our group is um is is a great jeff tuvi who um who again tubes um Who's joined us uh, a couple of years ago um, has been phenomenal. Um, what does he do? What does he do for you guys? Yeah, so we've sort of morphed a, a, a role where Tubes is comfortable now, um, just around some contact skill, and um, I, I actually I, I, I like using him in and around our forwards in terms of um, just in terms of their their catch pass skill and. Um, you know their their pull pass, and you know a lot of that's really relevant to to, to rugby league and and how their forwards sort of play at the line. So um, we've we've morphed a role for Tubes where he's really comfortable, and and we we genuinely feel we get good value. Um, 
But in terms of just having Jeff Tuvey, the guy around our club, is is phenomenal. Um, you wouldn't meet a more down to earth, humble, committed bloke than than Tuves. He um, he he lives conveniently just down the road from Rat Park, and um, I, I was a bit hesitant. Um, or the, the only thing I was hesitant around Tuves was just how much he he may or may not have been around. Um, but mate, I can say in that. Well, this is his third year now too, and mate, in in the two years prior, he's probably missed four training sessions, um, and and they've genuine, um, they've generally been when he's been involved with um, with the women's state of origin, or or had something sort of he had to do for Fox Sports. But um, mate, he doesn't miss a session. He's he gets to training at four o'clock in the afternoon, and uh, he loves it. Loves a game day. He'll he'll get there for fourth grade and um, mate, he just, he just loves the connection back to footy and, um, and just being around a club. So um, yeah, I've, I've got an awesome, awesome group of coaches um, and, and, you know, probably apart from twos where, um, you know, the other four of us are all on a, on, on a similar journey in terms of being young and, and reasonably inexperienced in terms of coaching, but but highly aspirational and and driven to to do well. So, um, yeah, it's a great group to work with. Um, how do I manage them? Um, obviously, we've all got our um, our spaces within within the program. Um, I'm I'm really big on on giving those guys autonomy to to, to go and facilitate um, you know their program. Um, the way they want to do it. Obviously, we we have to have connection around, you know, our identity and how we want to play the game and, and make sure there's alignment between, yeah, between those things and then how they connect their program into that. But um, I, I'm a big believer that I've, I've got them there for a reason. Um, let them go and do their thing. So, um, yeah, we, we obviously connect and, and talk a lot, but, um, mate, yeah, I'm... I'm I'm more than more than comfortable with them sort of running their program and and doing their thing and um, yeah and and to be honest I think it's it's the best way that you can go and learn. But being allowed to make your own mistakes is so valuable. Absolutely, absolutely. And then having someone to sort of help you talk talk it through, like a head coach or a mentor, you can go, "Geez, I didn't do that well today. Oh, what can you do better?" And having that relationship is, I reckon that's a really good way to learn as an assistant coach. Yeah, and you've got to, um, you know, I, I find in this space as a head coach, you've got to be a really good listener. You've got to be prepared to listen. And, um, yeah, so I, I I enjoy talking to to my assistant coaches around, around footy, around their ideas, around how they want to do things. So, um, you know, and, there, and there's great learning points for me that come out of that as well. So... Um, yeah, you've got to you've got to be able to be a good listener. What makes me, what makes Warringah a special club? I, I've played against guys there for years, and you've you got guys like the Holmes brothers who play six thousand games for the club and keep keep going back. And there's guys. It seems to me, looking as an outsider looking in, guys very rarely leave Warringah. What what is it about that community, that club that keeps people coming back? Yeah, it's a um, it's it's a really good one, and and then you know without without going down the culture path because that's another that's another tricky um, a tricky word. Um, 
I, I sort of, I, I always say to people that I, I genuinely believe the, the environment that I stepped into as a, you know, as a Colt and as a young kid in grade, um, th- this club has been able to somehow harness that environment and and just maintain, um, yeah, maintain the the, the same um, the same sets of values and things that that the club feel are important and um, they've just been able to somehow pass that on from. I don't know, you, you don't say generation, but but just from group to group. And, um, you know, I think I think what's what's also as important is is the club's um, the club's confidence and the club's um, focus to to keep integrating, um, you know, past players into into coaching positions and, um, you know, board positions and. Um, I, I think it. I think it just constantly keeps a, a, a really close connection to to the past. Um, what makes the club? Um, what makes it the, the club that it is? Um, you know, it's it's always the people, um, uh, and and again, like it's it's the connection. Um, and and I'm sure a lot of shoot shield clubs are in the same boat, but um, you know, the connection to to past players from from you know, generations gone by who are still down here volunteering and still, um, you know, just doing whatever they can to, to help out. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely keeps the club grounded too, I think. Um, so it's, it's, it's definitely the people, um, you know, this club's always been a club that's, that's enjoyed themselves away from footy and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a big part of a, it's a big part of a, a, a rugby program and a big part of a club is, is the capacity to, to enjoy yourself along the way. Um, how do you, how do you manage that as a head coach? Because obviously now the, the expectations with shoot shield have gone through the roof as a, as a result of Stan and how competitive the competition is generally. So you've got to take it seriously, but as you said, you got to have fun as well. Yeah. Um, how, do, how do you manage that? Yeah, it's 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 tricky, um, and and particularly particularly the environment we're in, where um you know every shoot shoot club's now trying to trying to implement a, a, a as close to a semi professional program as they can, but obviously doing it in a, in an amateur space where where you know ninety five percent of our players all either go to work or go to uni nine to five Monday to Friday, and 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 they facilitate their footy outside of that, um, you know when and, and don't get a lot in return. So it's, it's really challenging around just how much you can squeeze out of players. Um, I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty conservative, boring bloke chubby. So um, how how do I manage that? Um, I'm really conscious around um, my, my leadership group and, and making sure that I've got the right mix of people who, who, um, who sort of drive a lot of that. Um, and and you got to, so so I work I work really closely, um, you know I well I, I try to work really closely with my leadership group around how we, um, you know how we schedule things into our program that are going to stimulate the guys and and obviously give them um, you know give them some some time away from the intensity of of footy and um, 
so yeah, my my leadership group's really important around that. You've also got to get an understanding of of your group and and you know when you can really squeeze a bit out of them and and when you have to sort of back off a little bit. Um, yeah. So you know that's important in terms of your understanding of of your group. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a tricky balance, and um, you know, Warringah is a really competitive club, and and there's there's high expectation internally, and and there's also high expectation externally from, you know, from our community, and and we're so lucky, um, you know, that we we are so well supported by our local community, and um, you know, there's so many active groups that um, that really drive that for us. Um, but with that comes expectation, right? They want to they want to come down and you know have their have their twelve beers on the hill, and and they want to see Warringah winning. So. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a super competitive club, and um, yeah, I, I I don't know that I get that balance right, but um, you know, again, it's it's just something that you've got to you've got to adapt to and evolve with, and um, you know, just try and find yeah, just different ways of of stimulating the group because it's um you know it's a long grind a shoot shield season. It is as compared to the previous two years, having eighteen or nineteen games or whatever it was last year, it was a long grind. Uh, yeah. Just just on the the rats, I've copped a fair fairly good amount of sprays from the hillbillies over a number of years. Yeah. It, it's um I always like playing there. I know a lot of guys don't like playing there from other clubs, which I'm sure is pleasing to hear as a Warringah coach or player, but. I've always loved playing there. There's just there's a good feel about the place when you go in there. Don't know what yeah, it is, mate. It's it's awesome, and um, you know, again, you you, you sort of you, you take your hat off to a lot of um, a lot of these external groups who um, you know who drive and facilitate um, you know a lot of that a lot of that community support for us. But you know, you you, you have a deep understanding that they're they're passionate Warringah people and most of them are, are people that have played at the club, but, um, you know, a, a home game at Rat Park's a, an, an awesome day. And, you know, when the sun's out, the hill's full, um, you know, the hillbillies are vocal and, um, you know, the grandstands full. It's, it's, it's a great day down there. And it's, um, you know, it's, it's one of the, one of the true, um, you know, rugby, rugby grounds left in the, in the shoot shield. It's just got a great feel to it. So, I um, agree yeah, we're that. we're super fortunate, and um, you know, it's 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 sort of talked about every year of making sure that um, you know, that Rat Park's a bit of a a bit of a fortress and a place that that people don't enjoy coming to. So, um, you know, that the players are really conscious of that, and they um, they take a huge amount of pride in in playing at home. So, mate, what's your relationship like with failure? And, and I'll explain what I mean by failure. It's not necessarily losing. Or or completely failing. It's more making mistakes, trying things, learning from them, and adjusting. Have you have you got a relationship with failure? What's your take on that? And do you have anything, any mistakes that you've made that have set you up for future successes or things that you've taken from those failures? Um, yeah, it's an interesting one, and and I'm a I'm I'm a big um. I stand really firm around, um, and and it's I'll, I'll sort of get into it, but um, like there's a phrase of, of just no fear of failure, um, 
and and that's really tricky because failure failure can be a million different things to to a million different people but um i think if i think if you're scared to fail you're you, you're not going to challenge yourself and you're not going to take yourself out of your comfort zone. And, and, you know, I, th- I, th- I think in order to, to be successful in any, in any aspect of life, you've got to be prepared to take yourself out of your comfort zone and, and do things that are uncomfortable. And, um, you know, if you fear failure, I, I, I genuinely think you're not going to be in a position to be able to go and do that. So, um, What's my relationship like? Like I, I have to continually um, just sort of remind myself of that. Um, I, I am a, um, I, don't, I don't know how you, I don't know how to describe it, but I, um, I, I take things really, really personally. I, I, I take things, um, I take things really hard. Um, so, so, you know, I, I guess there's always that, that little constant battle of failure and, and, just dealing with that internally because you know again like failure for for everyone's going to look look a little bit different um one thing one thing that i'm not afraid of doing now is is making mistakes um mistakes are part of life um and and when you look at a a footy field and all the complexities all the aspects that go into in into a rugby game mistakes are going to happen um and and i yeah, I'm. I myself am not afraid to make mistakes. So I've got to have. I've I've got to allow my players to feel the same sort of feeling around that. Um, I I don't want them to to fear a, a mistake is is going to is going to be frowned upon or or um, you know. Have you always had that? Um, was, it, was that something you've acquired? Over the last uh, it's couple probably of years. something it's probably something I've just I've just learnt over um over over my my time as a my time as a coach because um you know as a as a player and, and I'm sure you've been the same there's there's nothing worse than making a mistake like um and and you know it's it, it takes a it takes a certain individual who can just who can just deal with that and move on and move on really quickly um I was never one of those guys when I was a player. Um, so it's definitely something that I've had to learn, but, um, but, you know, I, I make mistakes every day, but um, I, I believe it's the capacity to, to, to own your mistakes, to, to be willing to, to own them um, first and foremost. And then as, as long as you can, as long as you can take something away from, from your mistake, then, you know, that's a, that's a positive for me. And, um, you know, you you sort of relate that back to your players. Mistakes are going to happen, as long as I, I try to drive that that mentality that as as long as your next involvement is a positive one, and and whatever that looks like, whether it's just getting up off the ground and transitioning, you know, really hard to to your next um, your next involvement, like that's a positive action. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm just big on that. Mistakes are going to happen. Um, you know. Just make sure your your next your next involvement's a really positive one. How do you how do you filter it through your brain to to not take it so personally? And I'm asking for purely selfish reasons because I also take it personally and I take it hard. Some something I've been trying to do lately is is look at it 
look at a situation analytically and go, okay, that's the problem. How do I fix it? Rather than going, oh, you fucked up. You're a loser. Or, yeah. you know, or yeah. someone or the players think you're stupid or whatever it is. But to look at it an- analytically and objectively and go, okay, there's a solution. Just fix it and don't let you, don't beat yourself up over it. Yeah. Do, do you have a similar kind of process or how do you filter things? Um, I don't know. I, I, I guess it's hard. Um, when they're, when they're, when they're rugby related mistakes and, um, you know, whether, whether they're my mistakes out on a, out on a training field or, or it's players mistakes. Um, I, I, I have the capacity to be able to, to look at the mistake and, and, and I'm very, solution solution based around that so there's a mistake well, what's the solution and 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 just really lean on the solution to 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 pull you out of the the negative headspace around around the mistake um yeah you sort of you, you sort of put your other hat on as a, a as a head coach and and um you know there's so much emotion that's um that's involved with with being a coach, there's emotion for players. There's so many emotional decisions around um, around a rugby program and 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 you know a football team. So um, it's it's probably the emotional mistakes that are or, or the mistakes that carry emotion with them that are that are harder to handle. Um, but again, they're all they're all just really good um, learning experiences and. Um, you know, I suppose, I suppose, how do I, how do I regulate those mistakes? Um, you know, I, I suppose I always just lean back on, on, on my, my strong set of values that we, we sort of touched on it at the start of the, at the start of the podcast. And, um, you know, as, as, as long as, as long as I'm, I'm aligned to those, those strong set of values, then, um, you know, is, is it a mistake or, or, or am I, or am I just, staying true to myself around that so um i I, I don't know whether that answered your question or not yeah no it does it does um yeah so i i I guess from a from a rugby practical perspective very solution-based um when it's when it's got emotion attached to it it becomes really challenging and and that's probably where the where you start to take it a bit more personally and you probably take it a little bit harder around the emotional stuff but um yeah i just sort of if, if i can lean back on my my strong set of values and, and, and I'm aligned there, then, you know, I'm, I'm, I can, I can move on. Great answer, mate. Do you, do you have any mentors or people that you speak to regularly? We talked a little bit about DC, but do you have any um, coaching mentors? I, I know you've, you're quite friendly with a lot of the shoot shield coaches. Yeah, it's, um it's, it's really important. Um, and, and coaching, coaching and in particular a, a head coach can be, um, can be a bit of a lonely space sometimes, um, you know, as people probably um, people probably wouldn't wouldn't understand that or or necessarily agree with it. But um, I, I reckon it can be quite lonely and quite isolating sometimes. So um, it's it's really important to have um, to have a good support network around you. Um, I, I've been really fortunate, um, just not only not only since I started coaching, but um, you know, certainly over my time sort of playing where I've I've come into contact with some some really good people and some good coaches, and um, there's definitely definitely people that 
that I'll lean on and, and I'll talk to. And, um, you know, John McKee's been a really good sounding board for me at, at different times. Um, you know, I had John as a coach when he was, when he was here at Warringah and, um, he's a, he's a great man, John, and, um, you know, always stayed in contact with him. Um, you know, in, in more recent times, Tubes has been, Tubes has been unreal to, to just talk to around, yeah, around the whole head coaching life and, and different aspects of it. Um, there's, there's a few other people that, um, that, that I definitely talk to around, around rugby, but, um, yeah, I would, I would highly recommend for, um, you know, for any, certainly any young coach to, to have, have a really strong support network and, and some really good people around you who, um, who are going to be able to give you good advice and they're going to be able to give you honest advice. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree completely, mate. For, from a few perspectives, like I, I think I'm only in my second, maybe third year of coaching, and having some guys to speak to has sped my progression up dramatically. And then, and then having other people that you trust to speak to, where you can talk over things and go and work out problems and solutions, has also been really helpful. Um, yeah. I, even just as an assistant coach, I think it's very valuable. Yeah. It's it's probably it's probably not something that I do that I do particularly well, um, and 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 part of it like, you know, DC someone I know that I could I, I could ring whenever I wanted to, but but you're also conscious of you don't want to waste his time or, yeah, or chew his ear off too much. Know, people have people have got their own, you know, their own coaching life going on. They've got their own um, their own things going on. So you, you I'm, I'm I'm certainly conscious of. Of, of that factor as well but you know Darren's another one that I, I know I can ring at any point and um you know there's yeah there, there, there's a couple other people that I, I I talk to regularly who are um who are who are really uh really good sounding boards and and you know really well experienced in in the coaching space and um yeah they're they're incredibly giving of their time and um yeah it's definitely definitely beneficial so yeah if you if, if you're jumping into a coaching journey Get your um, get yourself a good support network, and um, you know, find find those people who are going to be going to be open and honest with you. How do you reflect on twenty twenty three? Twenty twenty three coming up. Oh, sorry, twenty twenty two. Sorry, twenty twenty four on my brain already. Last year, last year. <laughs> um, yeah, last year was. I mean, it was a great year. It was it was great to get out of COVID and and obviously get back to a to a um you know a full a full season of um season of footy um from a Warringah perspective um you know just frustrating um you know in, inconsistency probably killed us in the end and um you know it's it's something that I've had to reflect back on because I I sort of look at I I, I take 2021 probably out of the equation because you know we were we were cut short halfway and um you know we were we were sitting in a reasonably reasonably strong spot in 2021 um 2020 again, like t- parking COVID as a as a factor, but you know we got to a season and um, you know we were in good shape. We had a good group, but we were inconsistent again, and and you know that that ultimately reflected where we finished. Um, you know, last year um, last year was just frustrating. We had we had such a good group, and um, you know we had the capacity to place some really exciting rugby and we had some great wins and um but then it was just that 
that element of, of inconsistency that really costs us. So um, I've, I've really reflected on that personally, because, um, you know, if I look at, if I look at that inconsistency piece um, over, over the, you know, the last three years and the, the one common denominator there is me. Um, so, you know, that, that whole self-reflection around that and, and looking at, at ways that I can be more consistent in, in what I'm doing um, and, and more consistent in, in some of our practices, then, then hopefully that will have a, a positive impact on, on the group this year. Um, Cause I genuinely believe that um, we have got a, a group who are, who are talented enough and competitive enough to, to win this competition we just need to be consistent, um, and and if we can if we can find that this year, um, I, I have no doubt that we'll be um, we'll be challenging at the at the the back end of the year, and um, you know that's probably a, a, a brave statement, but but I I, I genuinely believe that. So um, you got to make yeah. you got to risk it to get the biscuit, mate. Hundred uh, percent. Yeah, absolutely, and 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 you got it. You've got to be confident in what you're doing, and um, you know. I, it, it, it has been a really good um, a really good experience for me over the last sort of four or five months to, to really reflect on that consistency thing and um, you know I've all, I've already noticed a, a, a change in a few things that I'm doing and and being a bit more consistent around that and um, you know hopefully that's going to have a really positive reflection on the group and um, yeah we can we can string more wins and losses and we'll be um, we'll be swinging at the end. What do you think are the key elements required to win a tournament? Oh, yeah. Um, tricky. Um, just in the sense that I, I obviously haven't been in, a, um, in an environment at this level that's, that's been able to achieve that. Um, you know, I, I, I sort of, I, I was back in Sydney the, the end of 2017, but, but just sort of, back at the club as a spectator and and someone who just enjoyed seeing what they achieved that year. Um, you know, 2018, 2019, um, you know, being, being involved in a coaching capacity and, and getting to two grand finals and losing those, um, I, I definitely think teaches you a lot. Um, what do I think, what do I think's the key? Um, you, you definitely need, you definitely need to keep, um, your group fit um, and and your best players available um, as as consistently as you can. Um, you definitely need a little bit of luck along the way, um, and and whether that's through injury, whether that's through um, you know a, a couple of refereeing decisions that might decide a game. Um, you know, given that the, the competitive nature of the competition at the moment, um, you know, there's. The reality is that there's going to be a, a couple of decisions that are going to decide a game. So, um, you know, you probably need a, a little bit of luck there. But you know, there's there's definitely the old saying: you create your own luck. And um, you know, hopefully, around that consistency piece, um, you, you're creating that more often than you're not. Um, what, yeah. What, what else do you need? I I I honestly believe you need a you, you need a really strong support group around you which which i'm really confident that we've got this year um definitely with um you know with my coaching staff and i'm gonna shoot myself because i i left a really important piece of our puzzle out when we when we spoke about um my coaching group um in in maddie mcgoldrick who um 
apologies, Goldie, if you're listening to Chubby. Still, podcast. if he's still listening. <laughs> um, so obviously, uh, just digressing a little bit, we we obviously lost Needsy uh, this year as our scrum coach, which was um, yeah, which was which was really um, really gutting for for the club. Needsy had been unreal and and done a, an awesome job um, here in in terms of what we we're doing around set piece. So. Um, it, it was really important for us to go and fill that space with with someone who who we thought was going to be able to um, be able to sort of to to take off where where Needsy had had sort of left us and um, you know Goldie was um, Goldie was Goldie was floating around and I've known Goldie for a long time and um, you know a, a great guy a great coach in his own right and and was really looking to to specialise in a in an area so um, yeah got. Goldie involved um, looking after our set piece. So, um, yeah, digressed a little bit, but it's it, it was important to to encompass Goldie in that in that wider support network. And um, yeah, I'm I'm really confident in that group, and I, I know we've got the the IP to um, you know to give us give us the the rugby that we um, yeah that the rugby knowledge and um, so yeah. I, I, that's that's sort of that they'd be the key things for me. Um, if if you can you can keep your best your best group fit, um, you know you, you you're going to be in a good position. Get a bit of luck along the way, um, you know. Create that by being consistent and um, just being surrounded by a by a good group. Um, the other thing, I, I'm a I'm a big believer in um, in in having a, a really strong group of. Um, of leaders within within your playing group um, and a, again I think we're really fortunate here that we've got some we've got some unreal leaders um, here who um, who, are, who are good humans they're good footy players um, but they they're competitive and they they're um, they're really conscious of, of the influence that they have on the group and they um, they take a huge amount of pride in that. So um, I, I genuinely think that's that's an important aspect of a of a rugby program and and generating success. It's um it's funny. It's so much more meaningful coming from a fellow player than it is coming from a coach. Absolutely, so much more meaningful. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Mate, beautiful. Couple more questions, and I'll get you out of here, sir. Do you do do you do much personal development on the rugby front? Like if you want to, like you said at the start, you want to look at learning different areas of the game. How do you attack that? Obviously it's hard during the season, but when you have time, how do you actually go and look at different elements of coaching, life, rugby, whatever, whatever you want to do with that? Yeah, no, I'm, um, I'm really big around PD. Um, uh, have been, have been as soon as, as soon as I dip my toe into coaching, I, um, I, I, I'm, I'm definitely, um, I'm definitely self-aware that I'm 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 not the best. I don't have all the answers, uh, and the only way I'm going to find them is if I go and if I, if I go and be proactive in that space. So um, I've I've always done bits and pieces. Um, I, I really enjoy going into into different environments and um, you know obviously interacting with with different coaches and seeing how different programs, different codes, um, you know, facilitate their their footy, um, yeah, I've done I've done lots of cool things here. Just um, you know, domestically, um, 
you know, with with rugby, I've done some stuff with with a couple of different NRL clubs, with with Manly and the Panthers. Um, so you know, just being able to open uh, open doors there and and getting to know people like Ivan Cleary and Des Hasler have been um, have been unreal. And you know, people that that I know, I could I could pick up the phone tomorrow and and have a yarn with them. Um, I, I did a great trip at the end of last year. Um, I, again, you sort of talk about getting out of your comfort zone. Um, I, I decided I was going to head overseas for a month and um, on, a, on a PD trip. So um, I, I had, I had a, a connection to, to Mike Blair and, and Gregor Townsend. So um, oh, wow. Fantastic. I to, yeah, I had to, I had to pick up the phone and go and ring him and, you know, sort of half introduce myself and, um, but, they were um they were so accommodating and um so i went over yeah went over for a month and spent some time at edinburgh with mike blair and then um and then had some time with with gregor and scotland through their autumn test series um which was unreal to go and obviously go to the northern hemisphere and um just experience what they're doing with footy at the moment now um, you know there's there's no question that northern hemisphere rugby is in a in a really strong space at the moment and they're playing some really exciting footy across you know, lots of different competitions and um, and countries. So um, that was an unreal experience. Um, you know, and it's interesting the people you meet while you're over there and the the, the different doors that open. And um, so yeah, I'm I'm big on PD. Um, I'm a I'm a real sort of practical person and a practical learner. So um, I'm I'm not a I'm not a great sort of reader of material and and sort of content so you know things like going and actually visiting and and you know being present and practical around those sorts of things is is what i enjoy most um firstly i'm going to try that with my missus babe i'm going on a month-long pd trip to europe sorry you can't come i love that did she go with you no she didn't but um (laughs) i i I will I'll, i'll give my wife a wrap she's um she's an incredible um incredible support for for me in terms of what I do, but um, she constantly reminds me that I went on a, on a holiday. So <laughs> I'm, I'm constantly reminding her that it was a work trip. Yeah. Mate, I, I'm definitely going to do something like that. One thing I want to bring up with these podcasts and something that I've found very important in my own life is the subject of self-care. We talked a little bit about it at the Narrabeen camp that we were at and how important it is to look after yourself so you can help other people. Uh, in terms of exercising you know getting away from sport spending time with your family all those sorts of things do you do much away from footy to take care of yourself is that something that you're across or is it something you need to be better at no definitely better um i i i probably don't do that whole self-care thing particularly well um i've definitely got my Definitely got my things that I, I enjoy doing. Like I, I, I like staying active. I like exercising. So I'm, I'm definitely conscious around that. Um, but it's, it, it is so important to, um, to find ways and avenues and things that will take you away from, from footy at, at, at different times. And um, I'm definitely not particularly good at that. Um, I, I find myself just completely immersed in in um in in my role and and um i i I guess a part of that is 
you know, sort of ties back into that um, that space that I'm in in terms of my aspirations and where I want to go. And, um, you know, it's I'm, I'm probably not doing it the most productive way in terms of just investing as as much time as I can into it. But um, yeah, it's it's something that I, I definitely think I could I could do better. And um, yeah, there was there was a funny story I heard I heard recently about um, yeah I, I don't I don't know whether I could um, whether I could drop names here, but it was um, it, it was two sort of high profile coaches, and 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 one was an assistant, and that assistant coach told the head coach that that he just needed to go and find himself a hobby because he was he was just he was too intense and um but it's it's interesting I, I think i think you need something away from footy that that you can you can just go and go and switch off and um yeah just give give yourself a mental break more than anything else um i don't know for me i'm 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 conscious really conscious of of um the amount that that my wife and my kids sacrifice um you know, for, for me to do what I do. And, you know, I, I, I as, as you would understand, you, you miss out on a lot with, um, you know, particularly with, with your kids and their sport. So, um, yeah, I'm really conscious of that and making sure that, um, you know, I, I, I spend as much time with them as I can. And, um, yeah, that extends to, you know, my mum and dad are, are really good supporters of, of mine and what I do. So, you know, conscious of, of just spending time with them and, um, but it, it's, it's all the things that, you know, I love getting down the beach and getting in the water and, um, you know, surfing's probably the, the, the one thing that, that I really love doing and just being out in the water and, um, yeah, just spending time with, um, well, it's, it's interesting, um, when Tree got the head coach role at, at West Harbour and, um, Trey and I have been have been mates since school, so um, you know Trey sort of said, "Mate, we're gonna we're gonna make sure that we get in the water a couple of times a week and just you know go and have a surf." And have you and, seen him yet? It's gonna, be, mate. We haven't we haven't been haven't haven't been in the water yet. But um, yeah, it's it's probably the one thing that I kick myself like um, I, I I just know how how good I feel after being out in the water and and going for a surf and a paddle and. Um, I, I constantly find myself using time as an excuse not to go and do it, but um, yeah, I, I need to, I need to find, um, I need to find better practice in terms of looking after myself, but it, it, it is definitely important because um, um, the, the, the most challenging thing in, in this role is, is the emotional and, and mental drain. Um, oh. you, you put so much into it. Um, you, you've got to find ways to be able to recharge your batteries. It's funny. My old mates that I used to play with sort of through to 2015, 2016, sort of hear me talk about about the time it takes, even just as an assistant coach, like I don't have to do the stuff that you guys have to do. And they're like, well, you're only training twice a week and then games on Saturdays. What are you complaining about? Yeah. You know, it's just, that's not how it works now. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's hard. And until, until people live and breathe it, they, um, and and understandably so they don't they don't have a true appreciation of it but yeah it's 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 a huge investment um but it's an investment that that um that we all enjoyed we all enjoyed doing and 
yeah, you, but it, it is that that whole self-care. It's, it's really important and it's important for any aspect of life, right? People um, people in the corporate world who, who invest a huge amount of their time and energy, um, you know, and, and I, I it's, it's funny. I don't know whether I th- I've got a lot of mates in the, in the corporate world who there seems to be a lot that's facilitated through different companies around self-care and mental health and, and all those things. So I think there's, you know, for the, the corporate world are certainly um, leaps and bounds ahead of potentially the sporting world in terms of maybe that whole self-care space. So um, it's, it's definitely important and it's, um, you know, it's, it's really relevant in today's society. It's a, it's a funny one. I, I heard a great quote a while ago going coaches and, and business people will work, oh, sorry, coaches and bosses will work themselves to death to help other people but they won't do anything to help themselves. Yeah, which is um, which is true. It's definitely true. Mate, a couple of rapid-fire questions. Really enjoyed this. Thank you so much for your time. You said you don't read much. Do you listen to podcasts? Do you watch documentaries? Do you have anything like that that you'd recommend to us? Um, I'm not a great reader. Um, I'm a terrible reader, in fact, so I couldn't – well – I couldn't tell you the last book that I finished. I am reading a book at the moment, um, and it's a it's a bit of a bit of a running joke here at um, amongst the boys at the moment because it's um, it's a really important book that's really relevant to a few things that we're doing um, this season. And I told the boys I was going to have it finished by Christmas, and I'm still going. So, what's um, what's the book? Uh, it's called Tobruk. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a it's a war based book. Yeah. Um, so terrible reader. Uh, I love a podcast. Um, love, yeah, love sporting podcasts. Obviously, um, I'll, I'll listen to any sort of podcast. Love true crime podcasts. Um, yeah, big true crime um, podcast guy. Um, love documentaries. Um, yeah, any of um, like those drives to drive to survive, full swing. Um, you know the Michael Jordan one. Um, yeah, really, really love some of the the docos that are that are floating around at the moment really looking forward to watching the next netflix one that will come out hopefully i think it'll come out next year sometime around the six nations um which will be really cool so um yeah anything mate anything sport i'll listen to it i'll watch it mate full i'm not a golfer always hated golf never done it once hated it Um, watching full swing makes me want to take up golf mate i was the same formula one like absolutely great too no interest in car racing. Like, couldn't think of anything worse. Mate, drive to survive. I've I've started watching Grand Prix. I figure if I take up golf now, you know, seven days a week, maybe in 10 years' time, I'll be on the PGA or the Live Tour. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, what's a common mistake you see from young coaches? Oh, geez. Um, I don't know. I don't know whether I could confidently answer that one, Chubby. Um, I, I probably... Um, I, I probably put myself in that mold, to be honest. Um, you know, only, yeah, this is my, my sixth year of coaching. Um, um, oh, yeah, Actually, just, really- just to give you a little bit of time to think, do you, do you look back on how you were coaching in year one, year two, year three, and look at yourself now and go, I'm so much better than I was four years ago? Like, do, you yeah, feel I- like, do you feel like you keep getting better? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, and and I, I think the reality, if I wasn't, then I wouldn't still be here because, um, you know, it, it, it is a it is a results driven cutthroat 
sort of job that we're um, that we're ultimately in. So, um, you know, if 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 I didn't have the, the the confidence of the club or they didn't think that I was the right person for the job, I certainly wouldn't be here. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm confident in myself that I'm I'm certainly um, I'm certainly getting better every year that um that I'm coaching. Um, um, not necessarily a mistake, but um, I, I guess one bit of advice that I'd have for a young coach is is um, just stay true to yourself and be honest. Um, they're they're probably two big things that um, that not not that I've learnt through mistake, but I, I just think they're, they're they're two really strong things to to stand by in in terms of coaching and and you'll certainly um, you'll certainly make your life a hell of a lot easier um, as a coach if you can if you can be true to yourself and and just be honest. Are there any common characteristics you've seen from the great coaches that you've been around? Your Ivan Cleary's, your Des Hasler's, your Darren Coleman's. Is there anything that they all have in common? Um, I think I think all of those guys um, in in their own right are, are really empathetic, caring people. Um, obviously, Darren, I, I I know quite well. I've spent a fair bit of time with Des. Um, Ivan, I don't know particularly well, but um, I don't think you can create the success that Penrith have created and um, and and probably the um, the, the close knit bond that that club have without being um, an empathetic person and a caring person. So, um, yeah, I think, I think empathy would be a, a, a common, um, a common characteristic amongst all those guys. Um, I, I, th- I, th- I think hardworking too. Um, I, I know, I know for a fact, Darren's, Darren's got a huge work ethic as does, um, as does Des and, um, you know, from the time I spent with Ivan to, um, yeah, work ethic, something that, that sort of resonates across, across all those three guys. So, um, yeah, they're probably, and, and they're probably things that, that resonate really well with me too. So, um, it's, um, it's funny, isn't it? You, you very rarely hear of anyone successful that doesn't work their ass off. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, it's 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 sort of one thing that I I, I know I can comfortably um, sort of lean on in 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 my own um, in my own journey. I, I I pride myself on on working hard. I I was no different as a as a footy player. I was you know, and and I sort of relate where I'm at now to 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 where I was as a footy player. I was I was incredibly aspirational, and um, you know, had a little bit of little little bit of success through through sort of age group but um you know I, I knew I wasn't the best and I knew the only way I was ever going to achieve what I wanted to achieve by was by working hard and um you know I'm I'm trying to approach my coaching uh, my coaching with the same the same mentality love it mate last question if you could tell 18 year old rivo one thing what would it be Oh Jesus! Is is this footy based or just, just any, uh, any direction you want to take it, mate? Um, take your opportunities. Yeah, that'd be um, that'd be the advice I'd I'd tell my my eighteen year old self. Fantastic way to end, mate. Thank you so much for this. I truly appreciate it. Um, yeah, 
Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Chubby. Awesome to uh, awesome to jump on, mate. Okay, guys. While we're on the subject, if you haven't already, can you please go to uh, Apple or Spotify and like and subscribe to the podcast? Can you also rate it? Anyone that rates it helps boost the algorithm, which gets more views and gets more people listening to these great conversations. Can you also check us out on social media at Wondering Bear Sports on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok now. Got Twitter at Chubb Duncan, LinkedIn Duncan Chubb. All that stuff's important. So if you could get around it, it would be truly appreciated. And yeah, thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. And we'll be back next week with the head coach of West Harbour, Mr. Cameron Trelaw.